The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Going to get you to your episode of Girls Talking Boys in just a second. Wanted to let you know that Kelsey Charles, Meg Murray, and special guest Dave Hellman recorded this episode of GTB before the news of the Dallas Cowboys agreeing to terms with DeMonte KZ came out. Just a little heads up. It's a great episode. You're going to enjoy it anyway, and I'm not going to keep you from it any longer. Here are Kelsey Charles, Meg Murray, and Dave Hellman on the latest episode of Girls Talking Boys. What's up, guys? Kel Charles and Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Hello. Happy Friday. How was your week, Kelso? Um, it was a blur, if I'm being completely honest with you. This I'm whole sorry. month was a blur. I think we, we discussed this earlier. I don't remember anything that happened. Me, me either. I was like, I should celebrate Women's History Month. Then I was like, oh, the month's over, so I'm not celebrating, <laughs> I guess. Here we are. I mean... To be fair, like we celebrated your birthday and you're a woman and it's Women's History Month. So I think we checked some boxes in that department. Roundup. Well, we're celebrating Women's History Month even further by having a man on our podcast today. So um, David Hellman, you can talk now. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. I was going to say like the most emasculated man on planet Earth, Dave Hellman. I just... I hang out with y'all all the time and never get to be right ever. So yeah, that, that fits. I mean, listen, it's fine. It's a celebration of our own. I mean, you did get a test on women's products the other day and you got one correct. So I feel like I did better than that. Okay. I, I got the eye, I got the under eye patches. I got the hair. That's one, fair. And I, but that one was already right. So like it was kind of, that was cheating. I got the face razor too, sort of. What did you call it? He did call it, he called it a razor for, uh, but he didn't say the face. I don't want to get into the other things that I got wrong because that's <laughs> perhaps more than PG. No, but. oh yeah, yeah. Let's just say I cackled. Yeah, good um, times. If you guys haven't seen that video, it's pretty funny. I'll post it so you know what, what I'm talking about. Barcel went around and they asked their guy. Well, it's kind of a trend on TikTok, honestly. Oh, it is. But this particular one, um, someone has an affinity for a young big cat. So um, I sent it to her specifically for that reason. <laughs> one being me. What was the direct quote? I'd risk it all for the big kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's what was said. 
<laughs> Good I, for you. I am who I am. He is married, just so you know. I know. Okay. That's why we're seeking alternate universes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's called, it's, I mean, he works for Barstool and all, but like, it's just called a celebrity crush. It's fine. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I don't know where we got, how we got there, but I know. You, we were talking about how Dave's emasculated oh. I, all the time. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that word if sounds you want to bring harsh. it back to that. <laughs> that word sounds harsh, but like, I've just made peace with never getting to win. Which on it, like, I feel like you don't learn that lesson. Most men don't learn that lesson until they're married. And I just got it out of the way ahead of time. So and you're better off for it, yeah. right? I hope so. I don't know. It's not a lot. I, I mean, I'm very that. used to being right. So as if you can uh, handle that, then, you know. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you're driving personally. I'm, you know, for 2020, 2021, I'm doing, yeah. I'm yeah. As good as could be expected. We're doing just fine. Um, well, I'd like to dive in with you guys. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, we hang out a lot. So I felt like it was time again to record what we talk about offline and bring it online because, you know, I need to fill this content Careful, block man. for- Careful. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about what we talk about offline, online, but we could talk about the Cowboys we'll talk about offline our online <laughs> yeah let's leave some things mysterious please yeah leave some things to the imagination yeah well i feel like typically the cowboys we all were tired of talking about Dak. we talked about that meg and i we we've just run that into the ground so i'm super glad that's over and the most important free agency signing is done right okay perfect we're in full swing of free agency and there's been some movement this week and there's pro days going on. So I feel like we are starting to have some traction of real live topics to discuss. And I wanna get your thoughts. Namely, I feel like we all know we need to upgrade the defense. Last year was atrocious in all the ways. And they brought in a couple guys this week, signed a pair of them. Maybe there could be some more veteran signings. They went to two pro days of some secondary guys. Do you feel like the secondary is being more valued. I asked you this on our TV show earlier, but I'd love to get your thoughts too, Meg. You feel like that's, that's a plug right there. That's a plug. We have a TV show, Start Night, DallasCowboys.com. Um, anyway, uh, do you feel like there's an extra emphasis on the secondary this year because Dan Quinn is in the building? Or do you feel like it's just like, yo, we really just need to upgrade these and so like literally anything, we need it. Are you asking me? I was yeah. going to say, Meg, you take, you go we ahead. Have, we have the uh, disadvantage of we're on video. So I can see that Kelsey's like looking at Dave and I couldn't tell if she was directing that at me or not. Totally <laughs> fair. Um, honestly, what I would like to think is that they realize how embarrassing the product they've been putting out um, as far as the secondary goes has been. So I would like to think that that's the reason they valued it. But I would also like to think that's the reason that they um, hired a defensive mind like Dan Quinn. So maybe both. I think the jury's still out because, and to be fair to the Cowboys, a couple of the things that they've done are pretty exciting. Like, uh, specifically Keanu Neal. Like I think he's, he's a hell of a player. He had his, when he was healthy, he had a successful career in Atlanta. Um, he was a first round draft pick by Dan Quinn. So it makes a ton of sense why he's here. And, you know, at, at the time of this recording, they haven't signed DeMonte, Casey, or Malik Hooker, but that's still out there. And those are names that people know. Those are good players as well. So on one hand, perhaps. On the other hand, these are still bargain signings. You know, 
Keanu Neal's cap hit for 2021. Yeah, they're they're thrift shopping. Keanu Neal's cap hit is like three million dollars for this year. If Hooker or KZ signs, it'll be something similar. All of their free agent signings fall into that mold where they're doing the same thing that they always do, which is to say they're trying to buy low and sell high. And sometimes that works out really well. They did it beautifully with Robert Quinn two years ago. You know, they signed him or they traded for him for peanuts. He left on a $70 million deal. That is the ideal way that you want to handle free agency. Or you can sign Haha Clinton Dix and Dontari Poe, which sounded really good. Again, those sounded great. Those were Pro Bowlers. They were Pro Bowl players. You know, when they signed here, they signed for decent money. He could outrun a bear, and he no, sure did. Wow, pro. good memory. Thank you. A Florida bear at that. A Florida bear, so, which I'm never gonna forget that Florida. I, I spent a month trying to convince a Megan. Bear. I still don't believe you. I spent a month trying to convince Megan that Florida has bears. So it's a real thing. You can look it up. <laughs> I won't um, believe it till I see it. <laughs> but swamp bears. My point is like it this all sounds beautiful in in the light of day or in like in the optimistic light of March. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll see if it translates. Cause that's that's basically what it is, is that they're just well, hoping that the same strategy works better than it did last time. I don't want to pivot too much because I do have a question, but she also mentioned showing up at um pro days, which I think there were two big names that they showed up for. Yeah. Big, big facts. Yeah. Which I want to be clear. Actually, I felt really dumb this morning. I was talking to a, a friend of mine in the on the personnel side of things. And I was like, more or less asked what he was doing. And he was like, I'm at a pro day. I was like, of course you are. <laughs> like, why did I even ask that question? Of course, that's where you are. Which so... The news of the week is that Will McClay was in Tuscaloosa for Alabama's Pro Day. Obviously, that's where Patrick Sertan worked out. And then the next day, he was in Columbia, South Carolina to watch J.C. Horn. they take the jet, you think? Honestly, I would bet they flew commercial. Or honestly, even or drove. That's kind of disappointing. Like, Tuscaloosa to Columbia can't be more than five or six hours. At what point does Will but McClay... didn't Mike and Dan Quinn go, too? I feel so, like that's, that's jet usage right there. There was... There, there was a mix-up there. Somebody in Tuscaloosa said that Mike was there. Mike McCarthy did not go. But Dan I Quinn... went to Columbia, no? No. Mike didn't oh. go on these visits, but Dan Dan did. Dan Quinn went to both, which I... And, hey, for all I know, they might have used the jet, but I'll just... I mean, I have gotten up in the morning on occasion. I've dragged my butt to DFW International at 6 a.m. on a few occasions and seen Jason Garrett waiting to fly to Indianapolis with me on the same plane as I do. So yeah, that's fair. These guys, like, they don't always get jet privileges. I don't exactly know what qualifies. For I would that, be honestly. I think if they won like a Super Bowl, they might be allowed on like the jet and the yacht. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But oh, until then, I think maybe that's why <laughs> Garrett never wins. Like your incentives in your contract when you sign on as a coach, you could be like, if I win a Super Bowl, I get jet privileges. Mike McCarthy was asked at his press conference on Thursday about doing the draft from the yacht. And he was like, well, Jerry did the draft from the yacht. Like, I'm not, I don't think I'm invited on the yacht for the draft. I don't really, I don't know how all that works. So Yeah, like just superstitiously, like he shouldn't be there, right? No, Mike, like, well, I would try to weasel my way on if I, I was going to Green Bay. That, I was going to say, that's an interesting question about how superstitious football people are. Because, okay, we know Jerry was on the yacht. And, you know, will Cole, he do it again? Well, first of all, I think Jerry absolutely would. Yes. But the real question is yeah, Mike was at his family's house in Green Bay. And this Does he year, still own that home? 
Yeah, his kids are still in school in Green Bay. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm curious, like, because the, the restrictions are going to be laxer this year. Like, they should be able to be in the war room together if they want to be. Sure. It would be really funny if Mike was like, are we sure we want to mess with the juju here? Like, maybe I should go back to Green Bay. So that I would be interesting. That, honestly. But I guess the point I was originally going to make is, like, the Cowboys' entire staff, the whole personnel department, is crisscrossing the country at different pro days right now. And it's probably more important than it ever has been. Cause a lot of these guys didn't have seasons. Yep. You're not allowed to bring players to your facility this year. You're only allowed, they're still only allowed to do zoom calls Dude. because of COVID. So their information is as incomplete as it's ever been. So that's what they're doing right now. But is it telling that Will, who runs the draft process, went to watch Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn? I, I think would so. probably read into that a little I, bit. I would as well. And it, it doesn't mean that that's who they're going to pick, but it does mean that they're making sure they cross all their T's and dot all their I's. So I think we've all talked about Patrick Sertan and like how he's a big name and having a discussion for the Cowboys. But I was, we were kind of talking earlier, I feel like a lot of people were surprised with the J.C. Horn performance because – Every time we've talked, it's been kind of the same names. It's been like Penae Sewell, and you've got like the the you know like Kyle Pitts, Patrick Sertan, the you know Caleb Farley. Like those are guys that are just typical in the run of like in the conversation of Cowboys. J.C. Horn had himself a pro day, and when Jeff Cavanaugh, one of our fan and our dear friend, tweeted out a comparable side by side of their stats, him and Patrick Sertan, uh, they're pretty damn similar. I noticed that someone got like one extra rep in there. So if you want to know who went first that day. Throwing up the 225 a little more. God, <laughs> I don't. Like one, well, I'm going to get 19 instead of 18. That's of the yours. That I live <laughs> Like he's, that's motivation. He was like, I got to beat this guy. I couldn't even do one rep of 225. So that's what I think. Like, especially like when DBs and, you know, because benching is, first of all, it's really not important at all, but it's more important to your like more powerful positions like defensive and offensive linemen. Yeah. So like, you know, a corner or a wide receiver will throw up like five reps of 225 and like everybody in the media and Twitter's like, oh, weakling, like you get you get on the bench and throw up 225, my guy. Like I have my doubts that you could. We should actually do that. No. Like, we should we do, should not. You should go through the process. No, my life is in I've I'll Listen, do it, but do you, I can't lift 225. Do you think that I've never been approached about doing a fake combine before? I would say it happens like every year, and I always say no. We're studying opportunity costs in, in grad school right now, and I'd love to know because there's a price for everything. What My, would it take? A lot of money. How much? I I don't know. Five figures? I'm just saying I've been known to five put figures. together a solid GoFundMe. If you can throw me like 10 to 15 Gs to make an ass of myself on the internet. <laughs> do not. I'd probably do it do this my life is enough of a joke without me tripping during my 40 or not being able to do one rep on the bench so it's he's gonna of... like pull his back and then exactly he... exactly Megan you guys act like and then who's gonna have to hear about that for months I have driven you. this man to get in that girl it's true <laughs> it's true 32 going on 65 sorry where were we before we talked about my shortcomings as a man Wait, uh, I did. <laughs> where where was this going? No, it was going somewhere. Oh, J.C. Horn. Yeah, he. My God, he had. We were essentially talking about you watching videos of men on the internet. 
Like, clip that out and take it out of context. RJ, somebody clip that out. <laughs> no, but I do. I th it's an interesting thing that happens every year where I'm not going to go as far as to say everybody knew JC Horn was this good, but like the media is slow to catch up to what the league's actually doing. Like JC Horn has great tape. He is like an alpha dog CB one. You mentioned it. He like, he beat Auburn. Go watch the Auburn game. He single-handedly three tackles, two interceptions, four pass breakups, SEC player of the week. He's a, he was he's, nasty that game. He is a badass, and he didn't need to have a great pro day. Like he was already going to be a top 20 pick, but now, you know, dummies like us who <laughs> don't work in NFL personnel departments are like, Oh dang, like <laughs> he's pretty good. And like, I, I can just imagine the like, scouts that follow us are no, just like rolling their eyes. Exactly. Like, we know guys. They literally are like, Oh, it's if you, this is cute. When you work in this job, like you'll text a scout something and be like, Oh, this guy did that. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, you're you're catching up to that. Cool. Yeah. Like, Wait, can I just make a metaphor for you, Dave? Please, please yes. do. They're all watching TikTok and we're watching Reels. Oh. Oh my God, it's true. <laughs> wow, that was a deep cut. That's what it feels like. So this is what it feels like to be us, because like, don't send me Instagram <laughs> Reels. Do not. I, I saw that like a month ago. Like literally, funny. I'm so deep in TikTok, I will laugh at you. And yeah, Meg, you're right. That's what scouts are like they're like oh you like jc horn <laughs> good for you like <laughs> jc horn's been on top of our draft board since december please stop talking <laughs> but no so it, it is interesting though because i do think i think that's a very real choice and you know if if patrick sertan's the first corner off the board i don't think jc horn will be that far behind him like i would be shocked if he lasts longer than the 15th or 16th pick what did you make of of um McCarthy's conversation in his comments today when they were talking about scheme I feel like that's going to be continuously a thing and he said granted oh, I think we did too much but then he then he said the thing he said last year where we I, and I I know we all bought into it maybe you didn't because you're cynical AF but like most people did where they were like it's not about the scheme it's about the player yeah. I've heard that before did you just think that was a bunch of hot air or yeah, most of what I mean, this is mean. I I like Mike McCarthy. He's like he's been super nice. Yeah, and he's personable. that's not a personal attack on him. It's no, just like how like but, when you talk to the media, there's like canned responses, and that feels like it was one of them. Oh, I think most of what Mike McCarthy said in his press conference was gobbledygook. Honestly, <laughs> like it, which I mean, that's what coaches do. Like they're not going to give away they're not going to give away the blueprint or what they want to do. Yeah, but. I went back, you know, we transcribed these press conferences. I went back and like read through his answers about like the scheme and, you know, what is Dan Quinn going to run and what are we going to look like and what do we value? And I was just like, you didn't say anything. We're not committing to anything between a three, four and a four, three. It was yeah. more about the player. It, it, it's getting the right guy in the building. It's coach speak. It's all it is. I, I, I don't, I don't feel like I learned anything about what they're going to do on defense from that press conference. So we're just going to have to wait and see. Do you really genuinely though, like, especially after last year feel like, and Meg, does this make you nervous too? Because they didn't commit to something and not that I'm asking my, my team to show their hand, but like, do you actually know what you're running? Because I'm not convinced you knew what you were doing last year. Like, I'm genuinely not convinced that you knew what, or your team knew what you guys were running last year. So maybe you should, I don't know. I mean, not that you owe us anything, but like, I don't, it doesn't give me a lot of confidence when you're not saying 
any with any certainty what your plans may or may not be. It feels like 50 shades of that non-scrimmage we had last year. Ooh. Oh God. <laughs> that, you want to talk about deep cut. Like so, don't look at my work. <laughs> so much crap has happened since then. That I hope they do that again. I hope they don't. That was hysterical. It sucked. <laughs> I have never, I have never been more frustrated in my life than sitting in the press box at AT&T Stadium with my binoculars, like trying to fit. I'm like, that looks like Noah Brown, but it might be somebody Amazing. else. No, it was awful. Like It was awful. And you know what it did? Nothing, because everyone knew yeah. everything that we were doing, and they killed us. So They were like, low key, we're going to do the same thing we always do. We're just not going to tell you about it. Oh, we wait, you were numbers on, but we're still going to suck. Shelve that idea. It was a terrible one. It and I, you know, I don't think they sucked because they practiced without numbers on. They didn't, there it, was no trade secret. I'm not play. saying that's the reason, but I'm not saying it's not. I hear what y'all are saying. Yeah. I, I pick it up. <laughs> uh, I don't know. As, look, as long as Mike McCarthy and Dan. Nobody's trying to recreate what y'all are doing. As long as they have a clearer idea of what they want to do than we do, which I do think it's, you know, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, he did say, he said Thursday that, you know, what Dan Quinn ran in Atlanta and what he did in Seattle are different. And like each iteration of a defense is going to be different. And I get that. But at the same time, I've got to believe, I've got to believe there's some similarity between what he's going to be doing here and what this core group of players has already done. And he did kind of, McCarthy kind of touched on that by saying like, you know, I've got a better idea of what I'm working with you know, he watched 16 games of these players. Granted, it wasn't good, but he, he, you know, he got 16 games worth of tape of what their strengths and weaknesses are. He knows them better as people and as players. So hopefully he can maneuver them into a defense more successfully. And again, regardless, I'm sure it'll be different, but it is a defense that a lot of these guys have been in before. Like, on a basic level, at least. And I, I think that's a big part of it is he said it himself. They, they tried to do too much last year. And I, I think they're hoping that by pairing it back a little bit, getting back to a level of familiarity, you know, maybe they're not great, but anything is an improvement from what we saw last year. So that is, that's the bright side. Thank God. I wonder if he noticed the Bradley and I erasure last year. Ooh. Now Francis Bernard. I'm okay. I Is he still a kitty? <laughs> the harsh reality is like the harsh reality is no like once once you've been here you're not a you're not a pet cat anymore like i'm on to the next thing you ain't cute i'm in love with richie grant now mm. you know i don't have room in my heart wow that's really sad you know, i'm in love it happens every year like you know you're play- I'm still in love with neville so playboy. i'm in love with the next best thing that's what that's football in a nutshell so you're a man wow i mean i hate you <laughs> No, I mean, listen. I didn't hear one in, incorrect thing that just happened. <laughs> this is my role in this friendship is to just be like the punching bag. That's fine. <laughs> and that's fine. Look, I mean, I am excited to see what Bradley and I can do in year two. I'm just saying, like, they're going to find they're going to find another young guy on day three this year that everybody's going to be hype about. Xavier Woods was that guy four years ago. Everybody was like, Oh my God, Xavier Woods was a, a third round talent and they got him in the sixth. Like we're about to run the Xavier league. Woods at the pound now. He literally like, I don't know if there is a player that people were more happy to like not see play anymore than Xavier Woods. That's sad. 
So it just happens. It's it's the life cycle of the NFL. It's like you always want the next best thing, which is why the draft is so great because there's 300 great new players coming in every year. Yeah, I mean, Meg, I would. I haven't watched a ton of like your draft show yet because I feel like I get myself in this position where. Oh, thanks for being supportive. I'm friend. just being honest. Okay. I I do, but I have not watched a bunch yet, and I feel like now is the time when I'm going to commit myself to diving in because it just feels like there's it's a bunch of speculation for the longest time and now when free agency starts to shake out you have an idea of like the pieces that are still in play and like here's the holes we actually have to fill here's who's staying here's who's going and if you can kind of you know i don't know like look into that and uh and and try to objectively identify what this team's going to do that's kind of the way to go about it i'm sorry i got really distracted my mom texted me and of course my mom texted me i gotta look at that so my bad. Not, that was like the most like, like long long-winded bs you really did not, talk around that answer for like a good 30 seconds there said a lot of words <laughs> i'm sorry like so many words and i'm not 100 percent sure how they all tied together and i don't think i even like made a point or asked you a question basically she was telling you a really long explanation explanation as to why she hasn't listened to your show yet <laughs> Have you have you listened to the show, Meg? I have. Not the frequency that I usually do, but I have. I have so much time in the car. I mean That's true. You have a you have a lot of shows too, like between y'all's and then the, you know, whatever podcast you're on these days. Um, okay, so talking draft though, because obviously we know we had some free agency signings and we just mentioned the Patrick Sertans and the JC Horns. Um, you know, we talked about on our show. I know you've I've know you've talked about this into oblivion this week but the the Caleb Barley thing how much do you think especially especially in light of the fact that this is happening in a year like this where you you know I don't know like I just don't feel like you have a ton of hands-on opportunities and he had surgery this week to remove a partial like herniated disc and they're all saying his agent's saying hey he'll be ready by by training camp blah 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 but like how much is that going to hurt his draft stock Wait, I, I'm just laughing thinking about Meg making fun of my back because like back injuries are scary, man. I'm 32 and not a good athlete at all. And like, hey, man, I had one. If I sit in the wrong. Well, you like broke your spine. Yeah. It, it, yeah, I was. No, if I sit in the wrong position for more than like 10 minutes, then I I'm said, gonna be in pain for like a did week. Did I make fun of your back injury or did I say you would get one if you tried to do the combine stuff? I believe I was the one that made fun of you. It that. felt a little glib to me, but maybe that's just oh, being I, sensitive. I feel like I can make fun of you for it because <laughs> I actually had one. But any list, literally anybody can make fun of me because like it's not that serious at the end of the day, but like I will walk around just clutching my back for effect with the best of them. I'll, I won't even deny that. I'm well, he doesn't stretch either, so. Fair. Back injuries are scary is my point. If you're not a NFL player and if you are, it's even worse. I, there's not a, I don't think there's a uniform answer to that question. There's 32 teams in the league. They all have different doctors with different opinions. And I would guess there are probably a few teams in the league that don't like this won't change their opinion of Caleb Farley at all. And there are probably a few that are like, Oh, we're not drafting him at all. Or if we do, he's going to have to fall a long way. Yeah. It's honest. It's a much less serious situation, but it reminds me of Jalen Smith a little bit. Really? I was going to say, yeah, just again, like it just depends. You know, the Cowboys had high confidence in Jalen because their doctors did the surgery. 
they had a really good grasp on the situation, but there were other teams that were like, absolutely not. Like we cannot invest a big pick knowing that this guy doesn't have a chance to play again. And I want to reiterate, I don't think Caleb Farley's situation is that serious, but it's something that's got to give you pause. And then, you know, the fact that he didn't play in 2020 is another thing. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he still gets drafted in the first round, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he slides out of it. And, you know, we, we've spent the last three months talking about him as a top 10 pick. I don't know that I think that's the case anymore. Just that's why Kelsey doesn't tune in until this time. At, which honestly, hey, I am a draft nerd. Next strategy. Yeah, do not feel bad if you don't start paying attention to the draft until right now because it's laughable how many things change. Like yes. guys get traded, teams add free agents, they cut people. Like you don't have the full picture. Now I actually have a bit April. of my like playing cards in my hand, and I kind of know what I'm working with. hundred percent. I like. To be fair, it's never too late to start listening to the draft show. So true. do it. Until, I, you know, after the draft. I only pay attention to this stuff year-round because I hate myself. Mm. And I love college football. Like, those are really the two. It's a perfect union. It is a great show, by the way. They actually have a really good lineup this year. They always do. Um, but they, you guys have done a good, good job of mixing up the talent. There's, you know, two different sets of people that roll through there. So I feel like it keeps things interesting, which is cool. But, I don't even think fresh. No, I'm – because I actually do like it. Um, but, you know, I kind of – on that topic, like – do you feel like it's possible that the best player available is going to indeed just be one of these corners that we're talking about? Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think there's a very good chance. Her? I think the best player available is probably going to be an offensive player mm. because the, the Cowboys. Are we getting another wide receiver? <laughs> could I sell you on a general? Could I sell you on a generational tight end? Oh, could I sell you on a tight end who can line up at wide receiver and beat Patrick Sertan and beat Jason? Has someone ever like referred to him as Jason Witten? Uh, no, because he's like Pitsy. a million times more athletic than yeah. Jason. Ooh. No offense to JC Witts. Okay. Okay. You're telling us. No, no. I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm not <laughs> telling you anything. All I'm going to say is it's not their fault, but the Cowboys. For being a team with a bad defense, the Cowboys chose a bad year to be this high up in the draft because all of the blue chip talent is on offense. Like, don't get me wrong. Patrick Sertan's great. J.C. Horn is great. Uh, We'll throw in Micah Parsons. I don't know if you saw what he did at his pro day. Mm. He's 6'3", 245 pounds, linebacker out of Penn State. He ran a 4'3", 6'40", yard dash on Thursday. What does Sean Lee have to say about that? Sean Lee could not catch. Like, you could give Sean Lee a 40-yard head start, and he would lose to Micah Parsons. That's insane. Micah Parsons is a physical freak, and he might be the most talented defensive player in this class. So there's talent. But now let's talk about offense. Let's talk about four, let's get weird. four blue chip quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. How about these tackles, Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater? Yep. Just so we're clear, Trevor Lawrence still looks like the guy from Saw. He looks like, oh my God, I'm going to throw it way back to the seventies. He reminds me of the dude from that movie mask. I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. No, okay. He's got yeah, well, a large was, forehead and long hair. I'll Google it. We we already messed up by making movie references. So. <laughs> That's a yeah. good point. Um, 
Didn't even mention the wide receivers, by the way. Uh, Jamar Chase, my guy out of LSU, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith. Like, there are some freaky good Go Tigers. skill players. Thank you, Meg. In this draft. Damn. And I... I don't hate it. I feel like when the Cowboys come up at number 10... Squirrel! There's going to be an offensive player available who is better than whatever defensive player is available. So we're going to spend a lot of time. It's very feasible. It's a very feasible thing that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about all these defensive guys and these corners and secondary. And then come draft day, pick 10 comes around and it's going to go, we're going to do what we did last year and take the sexy, amazing athlete. And we're not going to regret it, but then we're going to be like, well, our defense still. That's, and that is literally, there is no better. I've figured this out early. There's no better way to start a fight on Twitter.com than to say that the Cowboys should draft Kyle Pitts. Oh. Because. Triggered. Because the Cowboys defense was terrible. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. They need help. And I get that. And a lot of people are like, how on earth could you advocate drafting a tight end when this team has pro bowlers all over the offense? Dan Quinn will be a savior. That's, I mean, sure. If If he could figure this out. He needs help. And that's, but it's such a fascinating debate because again, you you only get to talk to draft in the top 10 every so often. Time you suck. It doesn't, but which (laughs) you can, hey. (laughs) You can, you can talk all the trash you want about the Cowboys not being in the Super Bowl in 30 years, but they don't usually suck. Yeah. Like, this is the this is the second time they've drafted in the top 10 in the last decade and only the ninth time since Jerry Jones bought the team. Wow. So nine times That's in 30-something years. It doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Um, and so do you pass up on a guy like Kyle Pitts who could be, a you know, a Tony Gonzalez type of player? Gonzalez? Gonzalez, how what Gonzalez? did I, whatever Tony Gonzalez, a king, great player. Okay. Do you pat? Actually, somebody on Twitter made the perfect analogy. You can tie it back to the Cowboys. Do you draft Greg Ellis, who was a good player, instead of Randy Moss, just because you need a defensive end? Wow. Or do you draft Randy Moss because he's Randy effing Moss wow. and you figure the rest of it out later? You, 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 the obvious answer. The obvious answer is hindsight's you draft Randy Moss. But hindsight's, like, well, we have some insight. The problem is that wasn't hindsight. Everybody knew that then. Yeah. Everybody was like, you should probably draft this freak <laughs> who's going to go on to be arguably the best receiver of all time. So, and, and it's, it's way harsh to put those expectations on Kyle Pitts, but like, that's the debate is you're like, do you draft a cornerback because it feels like the safe and smart thing to do? Or do you reach for the stars? Cause if you fall, you'll land on a cloud. Shout out Kanye West. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer to that question, but it's fascinating. How about we just start cheating? Like. Jerry just starts to bring just, out his checkbook. We'll go full NCAA Jerry, violation. Jerry said that. He said that at Dak's press conference. He was like, we all know who the champion would be if there was no salary cap. And I, was like, I was like. That's why I love him. I was like, we do, but there is. So I, like, that doesn't help me. But 
I get it. I get it. <laughs> but since there is one, it's like circumcising a fly to make it work. Is that where that comes from? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. All the Jerryisms. We need to copy. <laughs> Someone make that, please. I can't believe it doesn't exist. Already. I can't either. He would sue them if they did it. Well, he could make it. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys media could make it. Then looking at you. And yeah, I guess that I'm gonna Nick, take. Nick Evans wrote in a book. This could be yours. <laughs> I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that to the next pitch meeting, like the next brainstorm for content. That's fantastic. I have one more question before you before we let you go. If you guys don't mind me like pivoting a, a tad, because we we you and I have talked about this offline. I think Meg we have too, but we're um, we're buddies. We we like Antoine Woods, right? We're, we're Antoine stands. Twalka. Yep on this on this here show and in this friend circle. Um, there's some interesting conversations around the fact that he signed his Tinder, but as can you I give us give the people a summary of the plight of an undrafted free agent. And what we were talking about, just the ceiling it feels like and the lack of control over your career that you kind of face. I was thinking about that when we were talking about Caleb Farley, not that he's gonna go undrafted, but like when you fall, like that's a scary thing to happen as a player. Even though you're still gonna make millions, like it's, yeah. it, it's, it's, it really does impact things. I mean, it is, I guess at the end of the day, it's first world problems because, you know, anybody in the NFL is making a ton of money, but yeah, I mean, the rules of the NFL are, are bent toward the teams. You know, that's what people always talk about. Like the vast majority of the money in these contracts isn't guaranteed. Teams can typically cut you whenever they want to. And I love stories like Antoine's or actually, um, a guy that the Cowboys just signed during free agency, Ty Inseki, the veteran yep. offensive tackle. Ty Inseki, I hope I'm saying your name right, my friend. I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. We know you listen. But undrafted in 2009, spent like four years in the Arena Football League. Mm -hmm. Finally got a chance in the NFL, didn't work out, wound up in the Canadian Football League, went back to the Arena League, and then finally the NFL gave him another shot and he's managed to stick around. He's like, he's 35 years old. Wow. He's only like, he's only been playing in the NFL on a regular basis for like five or six years. It's just, it's amazing what some of these guys go through to reach this level. And Antoine, not quite as long of a path, but undrafted free agent gets cut by Tennessee winds up here. He is now, I like this tender will be his third contract with the Cowboys. Cause he had to sign a tag last year. And then he was on an, or an undrafted free agent deal the year before that. And that's kind of the way it is. It's like, if you, I don't want, I mean, I'm trying to be nice to Antoine, but like, if you're not quote unquote, somebody in this league, they can do whatever they want with you. They say like, you're a restricted free agent. We're going to offer you this tender. Sure. If somebody wants to match it, they can, but if they don't, you're going to play on that salary. And so I think Antoine tweeted it himself like a week or two ago. He was like, all my backups on the team make more money than me because Tristan Hill was a second round draft pick. Neville Gallimore was a third round draft pick. That's wild. To those me. come with guarantees. Like those guys have, you know, they got signing bonuses. They got money baked into their deals, yep. all that type of stuff. Antoine just basically has to play on the salary that the Cowboys want him to. So I think he can finally hit unrestricted free agency next year he's been in the league since 2015. So you do the math. That's like six or seven years before you finally have a chance to dictate your own future. So I like, you can roll your eyes at it all you want. I live for those types of stories. Like, and that's not to take anything away from the first round picks of the world, sure. and the super talented guys, but like there are just countless guys grinding to scrape out 
a good living, but like yeah. a normal living. You yeah. know what I mean? And it it it's wild. It's I I love hearing about guys like that who just make it work. C.J. Goodwin's another one. Cowboys aren't even paying him to be a cornerback. He's their special teams ace. Basically, yep. he's a gunner. He's a punt return guy, and he's been kicking around the league forever too. And he signs a two-year deal to stay here just because like he did enough that even he's like eighth on the cornerback depth chart, but they're like, well, we can't cut this guy. He's too valuable to our punt return team. Yeah. And like, I love stuff like that. I love hearing about the everyman players who just make it work for him. That was like Tyler Klutz a little bit in my mind. Like Tyler Klutz, yeah. I, it's really random. His sister <laughs> is, does, uh, does my spray tans whenever I do that. Uh, so we were talking about this the other day when I discovered that her brother was Tyler Klutz and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I love him. And she was saying like how it's always been an uphill battle for him, especially in a position like what he was, where it was like a dying breed, you know? And we gonna so like talk he's about always Alden had to work Smith extra hard and then he, you move around all the time have, and then you kind of try and prove yourself on special teams. And, and blah, the blah, question blah. is, yeah, I mean, it's not always these basically signings, it was just amazing like deals and, out and that you know, go be a star type situations. Football is really glamorous but for then, like the um, top Michael I would even have like 15 to 20% of the players in the league, fluid. but like there are a lot of guys where it is a grind and yeah, like they make good money. Yeah, but, like, I don't feel terrible for them, but it's just, but it's, it's tough though, man. It's hard. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, I thought it was interesting. So, um, beautiful. Oh, we can talk about that before. We go. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. I'm actually, I'm really glad you brought that up, Mego. Uh, I'm going to pull up the exact tweet so I remember exactly what he said. I'm going to keep talking to fill space while I look for it. Uh, Mike McCarthy? But no, well, it was interesting because it was it was Ed Werder of ESPN. It's, it's, Ed Werder said on the 24th of it, March. Yeah, well, Ed Werder said that the Cowboys were moving on from Alvin yes. Smith. Mike McCarthy was asked about it, like Meg said, and said that it was a fluid situation. This is from Ed. Per Mike McCarthy describing the situation as fluid and saying he has not yet moved on, I was told yesterday that coaches want Smith on the roster, but management has informed Alden that he's not coming back, which I wonder, mm. that that might be what you describe as a power play, uh, which is to say if Mike McCarthy wants Alden Smith on the team, and the front office doesn't, you, I then mean, one way he can try to sway it sight, is to publicly sure, I just felt like he say, like, well, I haven't ruled that out. That's to, still like, something that around. we're talking about. Oh. Absolutely. And I don't know that yeah. for sure, but it, it, politics. it made my eyebrows raise. Yeah. And I wonder, like, they're not done signing guys. They're, sure. they're still going to bring some players in. And I wonder if the front office is, like, leaning toward a different direction and Mike and the coaching staff are like, oh, wait a second. We still really like Alden Smith. Yeah. And yeah. And then, like, you, you have a new watching, like, a tug of war in, kind like, of playing out does, in real does, time. Is, I thought it was coming from kind of like which a Dan evaluation, or is this just like, like Dave said, just a tug of war mix up nonsense game, which I enjoy, but I think it's I a just, great I way of putting it. Want a little clarity. Like, he, his, it was like for his performance was front loaded at the front, you know, the, the first part of the season. And you were like, oh, this guy could be like pretty damn good for not playing for a while. 
And then you're like, where did Alden Smith go? But like, it was still better than most, but it still was like, you. it's not difficult to be better than this team on defense. I definitely. I don't. I don't think there is any right now. Other than I would say, the fact that they signed Terrell Basham makes makes me think that they feel. I don't want to say that they're set, but they feel like they don't need to do a ton else. I would love to have Alden Smith back. Like I think he's got the right mentality. Like, I think you could, it's hard to say for I sure mean, during the COVID like season, but it really seems like how terrible they like were bothered him last program. year, yeah. which like you want guys who react that way. You want guys that hate losing. And That's he true. made plays down the stretch on top of that, still a top 10 pick from 2011. I'm not saying he'll get yeah, back to what like he was doing McCarthy a was decade doing ago, conference but and he like, was just like, so when you sure. have that he type of ability, sure it doesn't going to be in just Oxnard. completely and I was disappear. Like, is that you what know Jerry what I mean? told you to and say? so I would rather gamble on that. I would rather gamble on him continuing to discover that or rediscover that talent than sign somebody else. Um, sure, yeah. 100%. When do they find out if they have that, though? I wish I had the answers to that. That whole thing, like the NFL, as usual, like that stuff's all shrouded in secrecy. Literally. Well, <laughs> one thing that cracked me up is it was at the press conference, it was brought to Mike's attention the league sent out a memo this morning that said, if you're vaccinated, yep. you'll be able to hang out in the war room and, you know, something like 10 people can hang out together without masks. Well, the pro <laughs> maybe, well, the funny part was McCarthy was like, they said that like the league, the league announced that. And like, he literally, like, you don't have Shefty's tweets on your phone. He looked at, he looked at the Cowboys PR staff and was like, Oh, I wish I had that in my notes guys. Like I hadn't heard that, which, yeah. Like, I don't blame McCarthy for that. I like the NFL is real shysty with stuff like Jerry's that. Jerry's like, like, if I, I keep acting it, like it's this, impossible it's happen, to get details about how that stuff's going to work. And like, forget OTAs are obviously important. Training camp's important. Like, they haven't even voted on whether or not they're going to expand the schedule yet. I also want to know what the deal with the practice squad is going to be this year. I know that was like, that's another thing, ancillary, but like that, I feel like that mattered. And I don't feel like, just because the vaccine's rolling out, the things are going to go back to normal, like come whatever, you know, June 1st. Yeah. I, like I said, I wish I had more answers, but like, I feel like that stuff is just going to slowly trickle out over the next like three months. Manifestation. I wouldn't bet against them. That's all I know. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, I'm, last year with the, with training camp, they pretty much were set to go. It was just a matter of other teams don't have the same like advantages that the Cowboys would have had. And they were very specific on making sure all teams were doing the exact same thing and had no advantages with training camp. And the Cowboys have the capability, the means, the facilities oh, to this have is going to be like a really big circle safely, back moment, but not everyone had the same instance. But I was like, 
At the beginning yeah, of the show, I, I said, I, mean, I want to come I back have to no idea what it's going to look like. And then we just kind of went, went about our business. I wouldn't bet but against... Keanu Neal. I wouldn't bet against them um, trying to get he back had some season sort of ending injuries like, in 2018 and 2019. The, all the arrows what, are like, to that. What's like, the deal not with that? Cowboys, and not just the Cowboys, all across the league. Well, um, I guess TBD on all these things we discussed today. Mega, what else do you have before um, we kick this man off our show? I mean, in the sense that you probably like injury is an ever present threat in the NFL. I th- he tore his ACL. Yeah. I remember it was like the first or second game of the season in 2018. He tore his ACL like really early on in that season. And then I believe he tore his Achilles um, two years ago. He did. He played 15 games last year and you know, I would like to think the further removed you get from those things, the stronger the muscles and tendons and things like that are. So I can't, I can't sit here and say that it's not going to happen again, but like, I feel confident that, and it's not a huge investment either. That's the, the, and that, that's part of it too, is teams look at that and they're like, well, you're a DB, uh, your job is to run and you've torn multiple ligaments. Like we're not going to give you a ton of money to do that. Um, they and that's, did not like you know, bring you we'll back. We'll see what happens to, like, with Demonte whole, Casey um, and Malik Hooker, it, but they're both coming off Achilles uh, injuries this past season. I can't think, and that's probably no, going to yes, affect yes, which teams are involved. willing to Why talk can't to I think of well, DeAndre Jordan? You know how well they <laughs> yeah. think they're capable of bouncing back from that. Yeah, but, just hunting. I don't have a reason to feel worried about Keanu Neal, but I can't say that it's definitely not going to happen. You know? Yeah. LOL. Welcome okay. to Dallas, baby. You want me to be a grumpy old man, which actually. Uh, Chandler Park. Was it Chandler? Chandler Parsons? Yeah. Well, you oh, DeAndre. Told, when they were like tweeting the emoji. Yeah, when Blake Griffin. Let's go. Barricaded in his house. <laughs> Like, all right, let's talk about this. If you were a professional athlete and the entire world scrutinized everything you did and the comments in all of your tweets were just people trash talking you or asking where you were going to sign or like, bro, nobody cares about that. You playing for for the boys this year? Like, if that's all you got 24-7, wouldn't you want to mess with people? I know I would. I would just randomly. I would randomly well, okay, tweet emojis as in the middle Taylor of the Swift night fan, just to mess with Easter eggs like very me, seriously. Who, like, so, so you're admitting that you're a social media hub. No, be, well, first, obviously, yes. But I learned that lesson a long time ago. Like, if you tweet, if you just tweet emojis with no context, I'm That's ignoring why you. you. I don't care. Like, you could be talking about what you it. ordered for dinner. <laughs> I ain't got time for that. But when he followed up and said, <laughs> he was like, damn, this blew up, like, the visit went great. Or, no shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's my point, though. Like, he knew what he was doing, and people still buy into it anyway. 
there. You knew she's going to find a way. <laughs> Listen, love Taylor Swift. I love your love for Taylor Swift, <laughs> but like, I don't have time for Easter eggs. Just tell me where to be. No, like, I, just tell me. Just tell me what's going on. I, I ain't got time for all that. Oh, We're too old for games, baby. Like You are. No, come on. <laughs> Which, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm as soon as by like not Shout a lot out of time, you're in your 30s, my friend. Do not. You'll be here before you know Listen. it. And you're into your 30s. You're not, Meg's at least 30. I'm, I'm editing this out. You are 31. Literally, I am editing this you out. You are 31. You better go drink some Metamucil. <laughs> that is the one. But like, I own it though. I own it. I am a grumpy old are man. Are you done? Sure. Obliterating my show. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Cooker, thank you for clarifying your vague tweet. That's all I'm saying. I like clear concise communication. Just like just like tonight. Like instead of saying, like, what are the odds I could convince you to come on the show? Just I'm say, just being considerate of the Zoom audio I because if we both were yelling at you like no in one my care. room being grumpy. No even after games. I fed you some whiskey. That's this fair. is really aggressive you guys honestly i hope you enjoy this content because this is literally a, a, a snapshot of the three of us in our relationship yeah the last 10 minutes have really been <laughs> like if you actually care what it's like when the microphone's not on this has been pretty close. do you mix it with metamucil is that what over 30 it's do? megan and kelsey ganging up on me as opposed to vice versa all right well he's literally make sure you take a probiotic Totally fair. All right, guys. Um, well, I would sign off for our guest, but he literally walked away and is filling up his glass to get more of my whiskey that he will hopefully buy me another one of because he's drank a lot of it lately. Anyways, um, <laughs> I can hurry. Oh, wait. I'm going to tell you guys to download our podcast. He's literally doing that as we speak. At my like, with four on both like, platforms. I got to stay regular. Okay. Uh, guys, you can find David Hellman on Twitter if you want to follow his nonsense at HellmanDC. Dave. He's also all over Dallas. Take it away. So check him out there. Um, make sure you guys are following and subscribe to the Blogging Boys podcast feed where you your podcast, whether that is you know you, you, Apple, know you want to. iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. We're also on YouTube as well. You can find me on the gram at Hey Kelsey Charles on Instagram. I'm sorry, I'm on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. Yes. Megan is Um, we have some words that we like to say, and Dave, yep. if you want to help, you are more than welcome to, but, um, I'm, no, that's Meg's, no, that's Meg's thing. Dave, why don't you take it away? Go no, ahead. that's Meg's thing. Now go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> say it, Dave. <laughs> you told me to be directive. This is me being directive. Please, no, I'm not saying please. Just go ahead and say it. Cowboys forever, Eagles for never. Birds aren't real. <laughs> we're clipping that. And we're literally going to play that so many times. And I'm saying that to Tyler Batiste. Immediately. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>